Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the intersection of faith, family, and filmmaking. You're listening to Fearless with Mark and Amber, a behind-the-scenes of our filmmaking ministry, Fearless Features, where we are creating documentary films about the issues impacting our culture and society from a biblical perspective and pursuing truth above all else. I'm Amber Archer, and joining me is my husband, author, director, speaker, Mark Archer. Oh, look at that. I've been impaled. You can learn more about us and the movies we're making by visiting fearlessfeatures.org. All right. Well, thank you, everyone, who came out to our Sealer Auditorium screening. Well, wait, hold on, hold on. Okay. Here in Fort Wayne, (laughs) Indiana. Yeah, so it was a good screening. It was a great turnout. Uh, pastor, not pastor, um, Curtis Hill, who's a cast member, yes, came, and we also had a uh, special guest, Marlon, Marlon and, Stutzman, mm-hmm. and Christy, his wife. So Marlon's running for Indiana uh, congressional seat. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, U- U.S. Congress, mm-hmm. um, Indiana Third District, mm-hmm. and Christy Stutzman, his wife, also there. She is a member of the Mind Polluters cast, yes, and she also has a new book out that we will uh, talk about in a future episode, yeah. which is really good. The spiritual price of political silence mm-hmm. goes right along with what we're talking about in uh, Dysphoria. And author Angela Forker with her new book, Walking with the Shepherd. Yeah, it was, just a, great, it was just a great big party. What it was. <laughs> it was. <laughs> Moms for Liberty, out. Alan County was there. Purple for Parents of Indiana was there. John, John Birch Society. Mm-hmm. Um, Bot Radio. Bot Radio which was there. Which was one of our sponsors for the... For that screening, so we appreciate everyone who came out. It was a good time, uh-huh. and that's actually the the last one for this calendar year. But yes. in January, Northern Indiana, we're coming back. Tickets are available already at dysphoriamovie.com. Right, so we're going to be in Leo, Indiana. Mm-hmm. We're going to be in Kendallville, and we're going to be in Elkhart. Yes. So check the website for your local listings and to get tickets. You do you do need to. Get your tickets early because these are starting to get (laughs) fuller and fuller as the film goes on. Then the word starts to spread and yeah. Uh, We had people driving an hour and 40, hour and 50 minutes to get to the Fort Wayne screening. Yeah. So, I mean, people are coming from all over Indiana. And we really appreciate that. I mean, Mm -hmm. that that means a lot to us. Especially knowing that you're not wasting your time. Yeah. You're you're getting educated and there are resources available for you uh, as you leave. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a great it's a great experience for people to come. Yeah. So if you're one of those dedicated crazies who came out that far, we appreciate you. <laughs> yeah, we love you. And uh you know, hold on. We appreciate you coming all that way out. Mm-hmm. So All right. So we are on the last part of our series here yes. on are these last days or are we living in the last days? With my dad, Bill Archer, and uh, you know, this was kind of an impromptu series, and yeah. we didn't know how long we were going to go with it. There is so much more that we could do, mm-hmm. but um, I think we reached a good uh, stopping point, transition with this, point, a transition point, mm-hmm. and we're definitely going to do more with dad. Yeah. Um, but, because we've heard from our listening audience, yeah. and you guys are really <clears throat> loving and appreciating the study. So, yeah, yeah. so we appreciate you listening and giving us the feedback. Yeah, good Bible study. And so with that, we're going to get back to the last part of this series about are we living in the last days? Here we go. Okay, so we're back. Here we are. So last week we left off with we're right at the catching away. 
And while we were away this week, I thought of a question <laughs> that I have heard, and I've read books on this subject. And, and it, so let me sum it up. Um, books that I've read that claim that you can do the math and factor in all of the Jewish holidays and festivals and feasts and that they can calculate when it is that the catching away or the rapture is going to happen because the math doesn't lie. And here's the scriptures and here's the festivals and the feast of trumpets and the feast of this and the festival of that. And, <clears throat> and I, I see a lot of people that I think spend an awful lot of time, entire books <laughs> That's right. written to prove that this is, this is when it's going to happen. And when we talked about this and you referenced a book that was, that came out in the late eighties, right? 88 reasons right. why the Lord is coming back in 1988. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and that one didn't pan out so well. No. And we're all still here. We're all still here. So briefly, do you want to <laughs> speak, address that? Speak to <laughs> speak to that and the the people that are maybe getting confused by that. Well, that's a complicated issue and a complicated answer, but the simple answer is that there you have to distinguish between the church and Israel. And if and and I'm only saying that with a qualifier, if there was any way to do the calculation from the festivals in the Old Testament, it would only apply to the nation of Israel, which is not the church. So there's not going to be anything in the festivals that's going to talk about the church. And the reason we know that is because if you look at the chart that we uh, considered last week, uh, uh, or actually two weeks ago, where we talked about the biblical mysteries, mm -hmm. the, the biblical mystery, you have to remember, the biblical mystery is a something that the the Lord hid, God himself hid it from nations in the past. And Peter writes about this in his letters, and he says that the people, the, the men, the prophets of old who were writing the Old Testament wrote about some of these things that apply to the church and they had no idea what that was talking about. It, God closed it. He didn't reveal it to David. He didn't reveal it to Isaiah. He didn't reveal it to anybody. The angels didn't know it. And so there is nothing in the Old Testament that talks about the church. Uh, so... And, and we threw a couple of verses on there. There are multiple verses uh, that you can use to talk about that. But basically, you can't use the Old Testament to come up with an answer because un unless you think you're smarter than God, because God said, I hid it. And if God hides it, nobody finds it, mm -hmm. period. 
And uh, so, so without getting into all the de- details about the festivals and the weeks and all that kind of stuff, there are some things there that um, are pointing toward the last uh, part of the book of Revelation, which is all about uh, the the second coming of Christ when he comes back to set up the millennial kingdom. But that's a whole that's a whole another story. But nothing about the church. That just is not in in that uh, text or group of texts. And this is something that we've said many times <laughs> through this series. The church is not Israel. Israel's not the church. So are the festivals still applicable today or were those done away with when Christ came for the church? um, Right. Because the festivals are for the Jews, not for the Gentiles. Right. Right. And uh, that's a a good question, because uh, during the millennial kingdom, the festivals are going to be. Uh, in force again. Reestablished. Reestablished. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that is for the Jews. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is not for the church in this age. Paul goes out of his way to talk about, and particularly in the book of Galatians, uh, talk about trying to go back and live under the law. Because the Jews, um, in the in the days of Paul's ministry, when he was uh, basically giving us, revealing all the truth of the, of the mysteries, um, the Jews were having a real struggle with this. Because you have to remember that the Jews, from the time they were born, they were raised in the Jewish culture. And so they, they kept the Sabbath, which is Saturday, not Sunday. They kept they had all these rules and regulations, and they were just part of their culture. I mean, mm-hmm. it was just bred into them. Um, and so what was happening is there were a lot of Jews that were sort of saying, well, okay, I, I, I believe in Christ. I, I've accepted that. But you've got to keep the, you've got to keep the law, too. You've got to do all this other stuff. And so Paul goes out of his way in the book of Galatians to say, um, that's not that, that's not applicable to the church in this day. It's not. Well, and even Christ came and said, I didn't come to, what did he say? Uh, Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the, or the prophets. I have come to abolish them, not to abolish them, but to fulfill them. Fulfill them. Correct. Mm-hmm. Correct. And so... Uh, there is so much, uh, particularly in the Gospels, as it deals with uh, with Christ's ministry, uh, that is basically for the Jews. It's mm-hmm. it's intent because it's spoken to the Jews, and there's there's very little that is in the Gospels that is talking about the church. It's there. Uh, but you can only see it if, with twenty twenty hindsight, after everything has been revealed, after after Paul uh, begins to roll out all the truth behind these mysteries, then you can look back and say, okay, that's that was 
talking about that particular aspect. Mm -hmm. That's another another whole topic. Right. But the the, the important point that that just uh, if you if you get anything uh, straight on on uh, the whole prophetic uh, map, it's this: the church is not Israel. Right. Um, and there are, there's pastors that believe that that God just gave up on Israel because Israel just I mean they repeat re rejected their own messiah they crucified him mm -hmm. and god was so mad at them that he founded the church and just said i'm done with you but what they're forgetting is that god cannot lie and in the old testament there are promise after promise after promise that are given to the nation of israel and those promises will be fulfilled yep. and they're not going to be it's not the church that's going to do it they're going to be fulfilled with the nation of israel and that doesn't happen until after the rapture and by the way i'm, I'm going to illustrate this because i think it's, it is such a good uh picture my wife came up with this she is a master <laughs> of uh object lessons and and uh, i just I just think this is a great object lesson, although it is getting dated because I don't know how many people know about DVRs. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> DVR is kind of like a tape recorder. <laughs> Only digital. <laughs> but anyhow, the... This audience understands what a DVR is, I think. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> I still talk about DVDs and Blu-rays and tape machines, so... <laughs> okay, all that good stuff. Okay, so you have a picture here of uh, a DVR that is playing uh, the history, uh, which is basically the Old Testament history, and it is all about the Jews. And when Christ is crucified, uh, that's when Daniel chapter 9, that's, that's the end of that one. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, at, it doesn't talk about the resurrection or anything. So in, in this object lesson, picture that you stop the DVR, pull the tape out that's Israel, and put in a new tape that is the church, and plus press play. And so we are now in the church age. And as long as that tape is running... As long as that the part of the DVR is focused on the on the church age, it just keeps continuing. When you get to the rapture, you press the stop button, eject that tape, and push the original uh, Israel tape back in the DVR, and press play, and you go on through the remainder of prophetic uh, of the history, actually, prophecy, and you are now playing Israel again, and that's the restoration, the, the whole end of the nation of Israel through the tribulation period until finally all of, all of Israel that's left after that will be saved. Mm. So, so it's almost like 
It's almost like the church age is kind of the intermission of the main show. It is. It is. The church is the church was was not explained, not identified, not talked about, not implicated in any way, shape, or form during the Old Testament. And and it all started on the day of Pentecost. And it goes until that tape runs out. <laughs> End and, of file. And, it, <laughs> and uh, that's on the charts. That is the time when we have the catching away, and that is the end of the church. And by the way, that kind of gives you a clue that if, if there is some uh, clue about when the rapture takes place, and everybody wants to know, of course, when does the rapture take place? And usually it's because they say, well, okay, if it doesn't take place until February of next year, then I don't have to do anything until until January of next year. Then I'll get serious about this. God hasn't given us any indication about when that is coming. What he, what he has told us is be alert, be aware, watch your surroundings, and know that I will come when no one is expecting it. So, And none of us are guaranteed tomorrow. None of us are And guaranteed. as Scripture says, teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. It reminds me of um, people that work in uh, emergency services, you know, firefighters, paramedics, mm-hmm. police officers, that their job, military, their job is to be on alert, on station, ready to go. Ready to go. You know, throughout their entire shift, right? Right. And the majority of people don't, we don't live in that world. And so it's hard for us, I think, to stay focused on that because we're so, our lives are not really like that, right? We, we, comfortable. We're comfortable. And especially in Western society, um, Yep. You, we don't even, you know, in, in the film and television business, the, um, in television, right. It used to be, if you wanted to watch a TV show, you had to be there at the right time because it was going to play at a certain time, a certain time and, 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 you know, then VCRs came along, but in the business now we call that appointment television. Hmm as opposed to what everyone is used to, which is on demand. (laughs) (laughs) And I can binge the whole season on demand (laughs) when I feel like it. When I want to do it. Right. And Mm -hmm. on multiple devices and, and, um, right. So we're used to the world bending to our every whim and desire. And that is, and that's not God's timeline. That is not how God works. (laughs) And there's, and in, uh, in that prior chart, we have uh, three sets of verses that kind of emphasize that. Um, the first one is uh, First First Thessalonians uh, chapter four, verses fifteen through eighteen, and this is uh, Paul writing to the church at Thessalonica, and he says, starting at verse fifteen, uh, "For this we declare to you by a word from the Lord." that we who are alive, 
who are left until the coming of the Lord will not come before those who have fallen asleep. And that's a, a New Testament term for those who have died. Uh, uh Christians who have passed away before this time happens. So uh, we're in this right now. I mean, those of us who are listening to this, we're alive. But there are those, maybe maybe people in your family or somebody you know that have that know have known Christ and have passed away. And that's what he's talking about here. But he says in verse 16, for the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a cry of command, with the voice of an archangel, and with the sound of the trumpet of God. And by the way, you might kind of put, make a mental note of that, the trumpet of God. That's an interesting study because uh, the trumpet of God is a specific event, and uh, it is it shows up in the book of the Revelation also. So Paul is saying here that with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet of God. And the dead in Christ will rise first, then we who are alive will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we always be with the Lord. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. And that is one of the strongest statements about uh, the catching away, that the words that are used here are catching away. And uh, in English, uh, we have kind of adopted the word rapture. Rapture does not actually occur in Scripture. Uh, and some people say, see, well, see, it doesn't even exist. In well, that's because we made that term up. Uh, the term is in Scripture is actually the catching away. And... Uh, by the way, that catching away means snatched by force. Uh, so the Lord is going to descend from heaven, and he is going to snatch by force the church, and he is going to take all those believers, both dead, those who have died, and those who are alive, he's going to snatch us all up, grab us all, and take us back to heaven to be with him. No no, no announcement that it's coming tomorrow. No announcement at all. It's just exactly what it says here. He just, he just comes when he decides to come. Revelation chapter four is, is a picture of the rapture, the catching away, uh, versus actually chapter four, verse one. And it does say there, he, he hears the voice, uh, of the archangel, which is, uh, the trumpet. So it's hard, it's hard to separate the two. The mm -hmm. two may be simultaneous. I don't know. They may, maybe, maybe not. Maybe, <laughs> maybe they well, both, they both occur at nearly the same time. Well, so that's about the best we can do. We'll all know at some point. Yep. Uh, Amber, do you have the a second passage there? Well, I kind of have a question I was reading. Oh. This, so I don't know. <laughs> Uh -oh. <laughs> we might have to. Well, well Caught being distracted with your own questions. Then. Well, yes, because it says here the reference that we have here with the catching away of First Corinthians um, fifteen fifty through fifty eight. I declare to you, brothers and sisters, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, 
nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. Listen, I tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep, but we will all be changed in a flash, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet. Now I have a, that's where I got stuck. Because is this talking about the catching away? Mm, Probably. This is, this is the last trumpet. There will be no more trumpets at the, after the rapture. Uh, there are other trumpets, but this this trumpet is particularly associated with the voice of the Lord. Okay. There are other trumpets. Uh, I think, if I remember right, there are seven trumpets. Mm. Mm-hmm. I think that's right. Angels, angels are blowing those trumpets. Um, so this is the last trumpet for the church, right? Yes. Okay. For the trumpet will sound, the dead will be raised imperishable, and we will be changed. For the perishable must clothe itself with the imperishable and the mortal with immortality. When the perishable has been clothed with the imperishable and the mortal with immortality, then the saying that is written will come true. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O death, is your victory? (laughs) Yeah, Satan. Mm-hmm. Where, O oh, death, is your sting? And I threw that in there, people. That's not in scripture. <laughs> I was speaking out loud. <laughs> the sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, he gives us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord, because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Amen. Amen. All right. And then I have one. John 14, 1 through 3. This is Jesus talking. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God, trust also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. I am going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going. Hmm. And that verse is very interesting because if you listen to what Christ is saying there, he's going back to heaven to prepare a place for you, Mm. that is, for the believer. Um, And he's going to come back and take us with him back to heaven. Now, if you look at the scripture verses, uh, particularly Revelation 20, that talk about this the return of Christ when he comes back to rule and to reign over this earth he is coming to earth he is not coming to earth to catch away the church and go back to heaven so it's very clear that uh, John 14 he is talking to his disciples and telling them as part of the church this is what's going to happen i'm going to i'm going I'm going to leave you. Um, I'm going to. I'm going to be gone, but I will. I'm going there to prepare a place for you. And by the way, he created the whole heavens and earth in seven days, actually six days, and 
He's been working on a place for us for <laughs> 3,000 years. Yes. Uh, well, that's a separate thing. <laughs> you can think about that. So it's, it's good, whatever yeah, it it's is. Gonna be, it's going to be it's nice, good. nice digs. It's good. <laughs> and those who, who are experts in the, in the linguistics of these statements, will draw a conclusion that he is going to prepare a place for you personally. So that is also interesting. Mm -hmm. Okay, so after the catching away then and looking at this chart, then the church is no longer in the picture? The church is no longer in the picture as far as the earth is concerned. The, the church is in heaven. And if you go through the book of the Revelation, you will find that uh, the things that are happening in heaven are uh, described in chapter 4, chapter 5, um, I think chapter 18, where it talks about the marriage supper of the Lamb. Mm -hmm. uh, so the church is is uh, touched on in some of those passages, but the church is not on on earth at that time. And you said that there are two spots specifically in Revelation chapter one and chapter four. Yes, there's um, to have an understanding of the book of the Revelation. And and no study of prophecy uh, would be finished without at least talking about the book of the Revelation because it is the last book. It was uh, authored uh, about. It was the last book that was authored by uh, John uh, while he was exiled on the on the island of Patmos, and um, uh, without going through all the details of the the book of the revelation because it's a it's a long book it's got a lot of stuff in it and mm -hmm. it's way beyond anything we want to uh, tackle here anybody that wants to delve into that if you go to my rev uh, my uh, website and and look for the study on revelation uh, that's at, I think it took us almost a year to go through. Wow. Uh, so, <laughs> so know. not something that you're going to get through quickly. <laughs> no, it's not something you're going to get through quickly, but you can, you can jump through it. We tried to do our best to make it so that it would be, um, digestible. Mm -hmm. But, um, the key to the book of the revelation is given in chapter one uh, verse 19. Uh, Jesus is speaking here to John. John has, uh, has seen the Lord Jesus Christ in his glorified state. Uh, he, is, he is described in great glory in, in just about uh, eight or nine verses there in chapter 1. Um, and in, as a fact, he says uh, to John, Fear not, I am the first and the last and the living one. I died, and behold, I am alive forevermore, 
and I have the keys of death and Hades. Right therefore, and here's the here's the key to the book of the Revelation. This is what Jesus himself told John, this is what I want you to write, a.k.a. the book of the Revelation that we know not right now. So here's the instructions. Write, therefore, the things that you have seen. So there are three things that he gives to John to write. The first one is, write, therefore, the things that thou hast seen. And that is chapter 1, verses 9 through 19. That is the, the pictures of Christ standing in the middle of seven lampstands, which he says are the seven churches, uh, and the seven churches, he's going to uh, give letters, uh, give descriptions uh, to John to send to each one of those seven churches. He sees all of that. So he says to John, you write what you have seen. Number two, those that are, the things that are right now, and the things that are, when John was there on the island of Patmos, was the seven churches. They were There were seven literal churches, Ephesus, Patmos. All of those are, are literal churches. Uh, I believe one of them is still in existence. But he gives uh, specific instructions to each one of those seven churches. So he says, here's what I want you to do. Write the things you have seen. Number two, those that are, chapter two, three, uh, cha- the rest of chapter one, chapter two, chapter three, all about the churches. Church, 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 church. And the last one, number three, those that take that are to take place after this. Mm-hmm. After what? After what? <laughs> after the churches. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I mean, there, there can't be anything any clearer. The language is absolutely crystal clear here. Write the things that are right to those uh, churches. That's chapter two and chapter three all the uh, instructions to those seven churches, and then write down, take place, what you do after this. Now, if you turn in the book of the Revelation to chapter 4, verse 1, this is after he's talked about all the churches. They each got their letter. Chapter 2, chapter Mm -hmm. 3, each one of those ones. After this, I looked... This is John writing. After this, I looked and behold a door standing open in heaven. Mm -hmm. And the first voice which I heard speaking to me like a trumpet. Mm. See, there's that Mm. voice of a trumpet. and And the voice of the trumpet that he had heard before, if you go back to chapter one, is Christ himself. So the reason why that is important is because that voice that he heard is identified as Christ and is identified as the voice sounding like a trumpet. 
But then notice what it says here. And I and the first voice, which I had heard speaking to me like a trumpet said, come up here. Mm. Does that not sound like <laughs> catching away? Mm-hmm. <laughs> catching away. Come I, I up never here. thought of that. Yeah. Come up here and I will show you what must take place after this. Oh, yikes. That's the tribulation. Right. 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 <laughs> exactly. So and and the and the point is he says the the Lord says, Come up here and I will show you what is going to take place. After this, mm. after what? After the, the churches, away. after chapter two, after chapter three, after the seven churches are instructed. So everything from chapter four, verse two, mm-hmm. on to the end of the book of the Revelation, you will not find the, the word church anywhere. It does not exist. Mm-hmm. I just love the pictures all through scripture like that. Right. And, right. and they're everywhere. It, I mean, it's just, it's littered with, right. you know, the illustrations and how they all come together. Mm-hmm. And I should <clears throat> make a, a point out too. So, and we, and we talk about, we reference this a little bit in dysphoria, the end of dysphoria, when we talk about uh, the, ch- specifically the church at Laodicea. It, which is the last, church the last church that gets a letter that's referenced in chapter three. Mm-hmm. And we don't go so far as to say one way or the other. We were careful to point out that these were literal churches in a real place in a real time. But most scholars agree. And if you read chapters one, two, and three of Revelation, you can see that at the very least, it can des- it describes seven seven different church types. Yep. Mm-hmm. Some some uh, scholars have argued that it describes seven church ages. Right? Maybe, maybe not. We don't know. I mean, right. good arguments to be made. It's not a theological hill that I'm going to die on, <laughs> and I don't think it's a salvation issue. But it, you can make a very good argument that it does, that it does show seven different church ages or seven different types of churches, and in the end of uh, dysphoria, we point the finger at the the Western churches, particularly in America, as being most like the church at Laodicea which is described as the lukewarm church. Right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Neither hot nor cold. Exactly. The, the the comfortable, wealthy, I have need of nothing. Mentality. Mentality. Yeah. 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 So that's just a side note of. Sobering, but true. Mm-hmm. Sobering. And the other, the other point uh, wrapped around chapter 4, verse 1, is that um, not only are chapters 1, 2, and 3 only about church, churches, uh, specifically the seven, there is absolutely no mention of Israel, none, which is interesting. Oh, in Revelation 1, 2, and 3. 1, 2, and 3. However, when you go to chapter 4, starting at verse 2, 
while the church is not mentioned, Israel is. Interesting. So chapter 4, verse 1, is the dividing point. Prior to that, no Israel. After that, all Israel. Prior to that, church only. After that, no church. Hmm. So the fact that chapter 4, verse 1, where it says, he hears the voice and an open door in heaven saying, come up here. Uh, and the voice is the voice of a trumpet is just overwhelming to me. I mean, I I don't need any more evidence. That chapter four, verse one is the rapture. It is mm-hmm. it is the catching away. And so the rest of the book of the Revelation are is all about the discipline of the nation of Israel. Uh, bringing them, going through their uh, tribulation period, and then finally the great tribulation. And finally at the end, uh, if you study in Romans chapter 8, you'll find that all Israel is going to be saved. They're going to come face to face with Christ in the wilderness and there they will all get saved. All that all that are left, uh, the carnage for the nation of Israel is going to be terrific. So it would, it would be interesting to we could probably just off the cuff make a pretty extensive list of things that are in the Book of Revelation events that people confuse with uh, the church going through. Uh, and 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 it's understandable to an extent because, uh, as we talked about before, uh, we're going to see the closer you get to the start of the show, <laughs> you're going to hear more and more rumblings of these things that are all pointing towards the tribulation, the great tribulation, the Antichrist, the mark of the beast. So just thinking out loud. Um, one world government we're hearing mm-hmm. openly talked about now. Right. Um, the, there are increasing bits of chatter about how we need a, a, uh, a global leader. Don't forget about the global cur- currency. Global currency. currency. Mm-hmm. CBDCs, right? Central bank digital currency. So one currency. These are all things that are... It's, it's all being set up. The it, stage is being set. These are all yep. things that are talked about in Revelation. Right. That are going to happen. It's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. And the when is when the Antichrist is revealed. <laughs> right. Until then, it'll, it'll be rumblings. So we've, and I have, I have videos saved of news reports where they're showing how they've already perfected the technology to implant a chip yeah. under your skin. And that's talked about specifically, not, not a chip, but it's talked about in Revelation that the mark of the beast is on the, the hand or, or forehead, the forehead, or forehead, yeah. right. Which could be this or it could also be you know on the forehead could be you know facial recognition could be part of it but the technology is there yeah has been there for decades 
Well, you know what I was I was thinking about as we were talking about that and uh, t- going through Revelation, but it, it also when we're talking about the the discipline of Israel because the church is gone, we see all through the Old Testament the Lord disciplining Israel and mm-hmm. and the different judgments. But then in Acts, after the, you know when the church is established, and to think that when it's gone, here you are coming back to disciplining Israel. You see that through the rest of the book of the Revelation. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's I'm just always fascinated at the church because, in, you know, in Acts 28, 28, therefore, I want you to know that God's salvation has been sent to the Gentiles and they will listen. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that Israel is not God's chosen people. Right. They've just rejected him for a time and we're going to see them disciplined yep. heavily. Mm-hmm. Yep. More so than before. I mean, they were you all through the Old Testament. We've seen them being disciplined. Mm-hmm. Well, also um, one of the arguments that is always uh, put out there that says, "Well, the church will will be in that tribulation." The general uh, argument is that. Um, Christians have always gone through tribulation. Uh, the thing that is missing in that argument is an understanding of what the tribulation is mm-hmm. uh, and and what the great tribulation is. If you look in Revelation chapter 12, you will see that the tribulation is a time when God basically... Uh, drops the restraint on Satan. Uh, he doesn't totally take it away. He doesn't give him total uh, ability to just run rampant, but he drops it lower than it has ever been before. And so uh, the tribulation that Israel is going to go through is because God has has allowed Satan to run and he against Israel, and he... Satan's intent is to destroy Israel. Mm. Uh, it's kind of like what you hear in the news today about Hamas and so yeah. forth. Their their goal is not just to win the war. Their war is to totally eradicate mm. Jews from the planet, and and that's what Satan's. Uh, they're only giving that because that's what Satan is instilling in their minds. And what's going to happen during the tribulation is. The Lord is going to pull the restraint, and that is going to really, uh, really explode. Um, in addition to that, the tribulations that we go through today, for the most part, uh, not exclusively, but for the most part, are individual. A person may have uh, cancer, or a person may have uh, a terrible uh, automobile accident or whatever, you know, things like that, that are, that are personal trials and personal struggles. Personal trials. Mm-hmm. They're personal trials or they're small, small groups. Now, there are, are exceptions. There are times when there are famines that affect, but during the tribulation period, there are, there are events that are going to happen that are worldwide that happen to everybody, and there's no escaping it. And we kind of saw an inkling of that with the COVID. It's kind of like, yeah, the COVID was kind of a trial run, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, on that kind of thing. It, it just, it just 
I mean, the, the tribulation that is described in the book of the Revelation is uh, earthquakes that, that uh, have never been seen before. Mm. Uh, the coastlines are moved. Mountains are moved. Um, th- there are diseases. There are, I mean, it just is off scale. The things that are happening in, as tribulation in the book of the Revelation have never been seen, ever, and won't ever be seen again. So to argue that the Christian, the church is going to go through the tribulation because uh, God has always allowed Christians or believers to go through tribulation is just just not a good argument. Mm. It's not true at all. Um, this, This tribulation is off scale i mean i've always thought too as you know as you study these things and and what we see right now with the this globalist hive mind that seems to be encroaching on everything and all of the things that that these wicked men who seems seem to have control of so much now that they desperately want to do, you know, they, they want to bring about reduction in population of the world because mm-hmm. the, you know, all these things, they basically want to mass murder. They want to introduce disease and starve out this part and rearrange the world and all of their efforts to do this. And it's not, this is nothing new, right? Global, global tyrants have always been around, there's nothing new under the sun. Nothing new under the sun. But it's it, when I read these things and I think, and at in the tribulation, to me it looks like the Lord saying, you want to play me? Let me show you what it means to be the Lord. Mm-hmm. You know, you want to you try to play God introducing wars and, and pestilence and that to try to rearrange the world like you have something to say about it i will show you yeah what it's really about yeah and he well that's will, and he <clears throat> will put them in their place <laughs> that's the uh, that's the other uh, uh p- picture if you will of the tribulation uh that makes it totally unique um is that the first part of it is satan is is running loose and the second part of it is God is driving the tribulation. Mm. He is involved. Pouring and, out his, the and, bowls of wrath. Right, the mm. bowls of wrath. And, and it is described uh, in verse after verse, even in the Old Testament, of the time of his wrath, um, which is God's wrath. And uh, I have a chart uh, that has all of those things uh, defined uh, spelled right out, and uh, it's worth reading that because I mean, you you just you cannot read that and say that ever happened before. That never happened before, mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's never going to happen again. And there is no way God says I will not put you the church. He says I will I will deliver you from the wrath to come. So. The only way that the church can be delivered from that is to be removed from the earth because it's going to be a worldwide. I mean, there's no place 
No place to hide. Mm-hmm. No place to hide at all. I think that's the, the interesting point to to reinforce here at the end of this is that um, we we think that we ha- when bad things happen, and certainly we have seen horrific things happen, earthquakes and floods and tsunamis and that, and, and there's always this cry out of, oh, it's, it's the wrath of God. It's not even scratching the surface of what will happen right. during the tribulation period, because right. what you're seeing is um, one event. This is right. going to be worldwide for seven years. The day of the Lord is uh, is the scriptural name for the time. The, it is just so unbelievably scary. Uh, just to read about the things that are going to happen in the day of the Lord. And it's it's woven all through the Old Testament and uh, through the New. Um, it is, there is, has never been anything like what is going to happen. And, uh, and the Lord specifically says in the New Testament to the church, and Paul repeats it uh, several times and says, I will not put you through that. So he is going to uh, put put Israel through it. Um, that's why so many uh, of the nation of Israel are going to perish. Uh, two out of every three mm. uh, Israelites are going to perish in the tribulation and the great tribulation. Um, but the church is just not there. So also... Don't confuse the day of the Lord with the rapture. Right. They are not the same. (laughs) They are not the same. Oh, you look at the day of the Lord and you think, oh, boy, you can't even you can't even fathom the things that are happening in the day of the Lord. I mean, it's just if it wasn't for the fact that it was in the inerrant, infallible word of God, you would just say somebody's making that up. That can't possibly be. Nobody could. That can't possibly happen. I think it's Malachi that it's going to happen. That says the day of the Lord is coming, and surely it will burn like a furnace. Mm. Yep. It's yep. not. Uh, yeah, not something you want to be here for. Well, you you may want to pull that up. Uh, the day of the Lord is on uh, two sheets, and add it to our. We'll leave it in the show notes. Add yeah. it to your show yep. notes. Yeah. So that wraps this series up, and we really appreciate everybody who has stuck with us on this. I hope that you have learned something new. Uh, we certainly have, and we're going to do, like I said, more more studies with Dad as mm-hmm. we go. So a couple of housekeeping items before we go. Inwood Drive, the book, is available once again. Back in stock. Back in stock on our website. So if you would like to pick up a copy of that, uh, this the book is everything that didn't fit into the movie. Mm-hmm. There's a whole bunch of stuff about George Klopfer and his family and how they got here has to do with the CIA and being brought over through operation paperclip. And it's, it's a crazy story. Yeah. And if you have a family or friends who you're getting ready to, you know, buy for, for Christmas and mm-hmm. they are into and really enjoy documentaries, crime investigation. Yeah. I mean, you can, uh, 
the mind polluters and Inwood Drive and the book. I mean, yeah, they're on the website. Yeah, yeah. Great Christmas gift for those interested. <laughs> yeah, I get. I would get a, get all three, but the the film and the book together, uh, Inwood Drive, the film and the book together. They complement each other because mm-hmm. they're they're literally once when, when you watch the film and then you read the book and you realize there's a there's another movie there. Mm. That's why the stuff wouldn't fit. So mm-hmm. anyway, so that is it. And I guess we'll see y'all next week. That's right. That's all the time we have for today, friends. Thanks for listening through to the end and be sure to click that subscribe button so you never miss an episode and share this with your family and friends. Until next time, march on saints and be filled with the spirit. So many kind souls in the universe.